Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's uh, open up our Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 16. We'll get started there today. So in this particular chapter, uh, Brother Bollesworth is talking about uh, uh, several reasons why you may not receive healing. And so none of these are um, absolutes in the sense that, you know, if you don't receive healing, then you're guilty of all of these things. Um, you may not be guilty of any of these things. They're really just things that he has observed in his long uh, career as, uh, as a minister who did, was able to minister healing to people that he found that were common issues that people experienced that would hinder their ability to get healing. And so they're really here for us to learn because uh, it's much better to learn from somebody else's mistakes than to learn from your own. Amen. Uh, you know, the Bible says that, uh, that the stories written in the Old Testament were written for our admonition, our instruction, uh, so that we don't make the same mistakes uh, that they did. In fact, the Bible says that God, with, that God was not well pleased with them, and he was not well pleased with them because they did not operate in faith. And we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So uh, they were operating outside of faith, and the Bible says that, that he wrote those things down so that we don't make the same mistakes. And yet, I can't tell you how many times I, I'm talked to people. They're making the exact same mistakes that Israel did, right? Remember the, the, uh, the admonition that Moses gave to them there on the banks of the Jordan River as they were about to enter into the Promised Land. And Moses wasn't able to go there, but they did camp out there at the Promised Land, right at the, right at the edge of the Promised Land for uh, a while. And Moses gave the book of Deuteronomy dissertation. So the whole book was there. It was written as they were on the edge of, of going into the promised land. And he said, when you go into the promised land, he said, you're going to have cities that you didn't build and vineyards that you didn't plant and, and blessings that uh, are given to you. You'll, you'll have all of these, uh, these grapes and, and uh, um, uh, a land flowing with milk and honey that uh, will be a blessing to you and you'll be prosperous. He said, don't forget me in your prosperity. That was a great warning to the nation of Israel. Don't forget me in your prosperity. Uh, well, what happened uh, like the third day after they got in the promised land? God who? Uh, you know, look at all the stuff we've got. Aren't we wonderful? Look at what we've done. Look what we've accomplished by crossing the Jordan River. Uh, and um, what did they do? They forgot the Lord. Amen. You think there's people there that are forgetting the Lord today? Yes, yeah, sure they are. You know, there's plenty of people. In fact, I, I was uh, just reading after a little bit of some some current um, popular uh, uh, singer. And uh, they said, yeah, you know, when I, was, when I was younger, I used to really believe God, you know, but now that I'm older, you know, older as in not even 20 yet, that I'm older, you know, all that just kind of left me one day. Well, what do they do? They forgot God. You know, they think it's just, that's their growth, right? Or they're just growing up. No, they're, they're shrinking back, right? Uh, they, they, uh, when, when the Lord prospers you, you remember him more and you're and you're more vocal about thanking him for blessing you and increasing your life instead of going uh, well out. Well, now I can go buy me a boat. I can go on the lake every Sunday morning when nobody else is out on the lake instead of going to church. And I can just pick up church every now and then and, and maybe watch a video here and there. Uh, well, what are they doing? They're forgetting God. And, and that happens so many times um, uh, where people will become prosperous and they'll they'll forget the Lord. But then you got the other folks who are on the other side and say, well, then uh, I would rather not be prosperous. Well, that's great. But then how many people can you help? How many people can you buy their dinner? How many people can you pay their rent? How many people can you pay their electric bill and, and uh, buy them clothes and, 
uh, how many people can you help if you have no funds to help them with? Uh, and so, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's really not that hard. Just don't forget the Lord. Amen? There's sometimes when the Bible says that, that uh, they, were in, they got in trouble just because they forgot the Lord. Not from, there was no specific sin. They just forgot the Lord. Uh, and, you know, the Lord, uh, he's great and mighty. He's created the universe. He, he doesn't take kindly to be forgotten. You know, I mean, he created everything that we, we walk on, every molecule of air we breathe. He created every one of them, uh, every morsel of food. He, he's created it either directly or indirectly. Uh, everything we do, everything we have, everything we are stems from the blessings of the Lord. Uh, and yet people still today have forgotten the Lord. You know, people in the church forget the Lord sometimes. But but surely the uh, the world has forgotten the Lord, too, as well. Uh, and so uh, don't. Uh, uh, don't forget the Lord. Amen. And so the, these uh, the, these comments here learn from them. You know, if you see yourself in any of these particular things, then then do what's necessary to change. Uh, the, you know, this is this isn't uh, intended to be um, a criticism in anybody's life. Of course, it's just here are some things that the brother Balthus has found uh, in his uh, life and ministry as reasons why people may not be able to get healing. Uh, and so uh, this particular one, we read the first one last week, uh, which was uh, insufficient instruction. Uh, and so surely, uh, if you've been coming to this church for a while, we won't fall into that category, right? Uh, because we, we get sufficient, hopefully we get sufficient instruction on healing since we teach about it every single week, right? Uh, uh, and uh, if you're not getting sufficient instruction in healing, that's not really on me because I think I'm doing my part, amen? Uh, and so if you're not showing up to healing school or you're... Or, you know, you could be here, but not be here, right? I mean, some people are here and they're counting ceiling tiles, you know. I think, wasn't there a dog attack this morning? Someone said there was a dog attack, you know. And uh, it's, hard not, it's hard not to see some things. Oh, but there was a dog attacking somebody out there. And, and uh, so well, I saw that, you know. I don't know if you're looking in that direction. I'm not, I'm not fussing at you. Just, you know, but, if, but develop, you know, if you're counting the number of cars to go by, right? Well, there's one just went by right there. There goes another one right there. And, you know, if you're counting cars and not paying attention, well, you're here, but, you know, you're not really here, so... Uh, got, to, got to stay focused, amen? Uh, but the second one, he said, lack of, lack of united prayer. Uh, and so he starts here in Mark chapter 16. He said, uh, he that believeth uh, in, uh, in Mark 16, verse 17, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. Uh, uh, when he said them, uh, this was given to the whole church, right? Uh, and so not just to a single uh, person. So, uh, he said that uh, in his ministry that the greatest number of persons brought to the church during his time was through healing and miracles. Uh, it, and it's also was true in the book of Acts. Uh, I don't know if that's the truth today. Amen. Uh, you know, they're, they're, um, uh, I believe that uh, um, I think it's a little bit both ways. You know, sometimes we um, ask the Lord to, to send the rain but sometimes we're not we're unwilling to allow the rain to to fall. Amen. So um, but we, we need to have. Uh, he also said that a, a spirit filled and praying church produces an atmosphere in which it is easy for God to work. So let's turn over to the book of Acts. Um, so. United prayer, of course, part of united prayer is um, what we do during praise and worship. Many times, you know, we'll, we'll worship the Lord uh, in a united way. Uh, and um, sometimes we'll go on into prayer in that as well. Uh, and it says here in Acts uh, chapter 4, let's start in verse 23. 
This was the story of, uh, if you remember Peter and John in, uh, in Acts chapter 3, uh, that they had healed the man, um, that they'd healed the man uh, that was uh, at the gate beautiful. And, uh, of course, they got arrested for healing somebody, right? <laughs> and so, uh, uh, and if, if you remember, uh, let's see, it was uh, John Alexander Dowie, uh, he was a great uh, healing evangelist from the early 1900s, and uh, he got into conflict with the, the leadership, the governments in, um, in Chicago and in Illinois. And so they would arrest him for uh, practicing medicine when he would heal somebody. Uh, and, you know, that, that's really a stretch right there, right? He's practicing medicine because somebody got healed uh, under his ministry. Uh, and um, well, that's just dumb. Well, that's no dumber than anything else people have tried to do to hinder the move of God, right? Uh, and so, uh, so they arrested Peter and John, and, and of course, uh, Peter said, uh, I, I love this line that he said in verse 19 of Acts chapter 4. Uh, he said, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Uh, you know, so the people said, Well, you have to do what we say. Um, that's fine unless it's in conflict with the Lord. And then if it's in conflict, conflict with what the Lord said, then what do we do? We do what the Lord says. They do. Amen. Uh, does that go? Is that true today? Sure it is. Are, are governments around the world continuing to, to constrict uh, the move of God, the churches of God? Sure they are, right? And so, you know, in some countries, not in our country, but some countries, they have to have underground church, right? No, don't tell anybody we're meeting. We're going to meet in secret because uh, they'll come and arrest you and put you in jail and never be heard from again. But even in our country, you know, how many uh, lawsuits have been going on as uh, state governments continue to co- try to constrict the church to do what it's supposed to do, which, you know, we're supposed to meet and preach the gospel. Amen. Uh, that's our job. We're, we're not supposed to meet in secret. You know, we're supposed to meet as a, as a body uh, and uh, in person uh, and, and worship the Lord Jesus, worship God the Father. And uh, some state governments want to uh, stop that. Now, they're okay with allowing uh, races and riots and, you know, all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, but for some reason, the church, you know, but it's a spiritual thing. It's not, it's not them. It's the spirit behind the church. It's the spirit of the Antichrist that's always trying to hinder the move of God. Well, what should we do as churches? Well, we should keep on meeting. I mean, well, what if they don't like it? That's uh, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you judge, right? Uh, I'm going to keep on doing, I'm going to keep on doing, amen? Uh, and so they kept on doing it, and uh, did it make them happy? Didn't make them happy. Uh, and it says in verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own company. Uh, and that right there, you know, do you have your own company? Do you have a place that you go that's your own company, right? Uh, you remember uh, one time it says, as was the custom of Jesus, he went into the synagogue uh, and stood up to read. Uh, do you have a custom to go to church? You know, some people don't have a custom to go to church. Some people don't have uh, their own company that they can call their own company. Uh, they're, they're loners, right? And, and the Lord never called us to be um, uh, independent Christians, right? He always called us to be uh, members of a local body. Uh, but some people, because they're too ornery, they can't be part of a local body because uh, everybody else is wrong besides them. Uh, well, if everybody else is wrong besides you, there's a really good chance that you're the only one wrong. Um, and uh, that's another whole discussion. That's we'll start to slide over into our pastor's role there, right? Uh, but um, he said they went to their own company, reported all that the chief priests and the elders said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. So, uh, 
you know, they learned a lot from, uh, from David. If you go back in a lot of David's Psalms, uh, David's Psalms will almost always start with, Lord, you're great and mighty and wonderful and powerful. And then he'll get around to, oh, by the way, Lord, these people are doing this thing. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not good. They're trying to kill me. But then he ended with it. But you're still great and wonderful and mighty and powerful. And so they're really following the same path that David gave them in the Psalms. They said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David said, why did the heathen rage? Uh, heathen rage and the people imagined vain things. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. You know, uh, uh, and, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but this is this is very much what's going on today. Right. Uh, that uh, a lot of people are taking advantage of, of this pandemic to do this very thing, to be against the Lord and against his Christ. Right. That we can't touch. We can't shake hands. We can't uh, be in fellowship with each other. We have to stand six feet apart. Uh, you know, we can't be in the physical building. Sometimes we can only do virtual church. Uh, but why is that? Well, because. The, the, they stand up and their rulers are trying to be against the Lord and against his Christ. So, you know, if we see things from a spiritual standpoint, because that's really the issue, it's a spiritual issue. It's not, well, I'm against this particular governor or this particular mayor. Sometimes it's at the city level, sometimes at the state level. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, they have this little inconvenient thing called the First Amendment, which really annoys some people, right? Uh, you know, other countries don't have the First Amendment. Other countries, you know, if they want to shut down church, and shut it down. You can't do nothing to do about it. Uh, the, a lot of states know that it can't get away with it. And so they try to, but they keep getting sent to court and the courts still keep uh, overturning things, at least to some extent, not as much as they should. Uh, but, um, but, you know, it doesn't really matter whether there's a First Amendment or not. We have the Word of God. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, the Word of God will, should always and will always triumph or trump uh, any uh, man's ideas about what we should be doing. Uh, but the kings of the earth will stand up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against a holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. So they're talking about the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. So uh, now they're telling the Lord what's going on. Uh, and so verse 29, then they say, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Uh, and... Um, Please do something about it. Did they ask the Lord to do something about the threatenings? No. He said, uh, they said, here's what we want. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word. You know, uh, it wasn't, uh, Lord, let, let, let us try to get along with, with the ruling bodies and, and be nice to them. Uh, let us speak thy word with all boldness. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. You know, we should always speak the word of God with boldness. Uh, you know, part of, part of the desire of those that yield to the spirit of Antichrist and people yield to that same spirit in the church is to keep you from speaking the word of God boldly. Oh, you're, you're one of those. You know, you're a faith person. Oh, you know. And they'll try to shame you into not... Uh, speaking boldly, you know, oh, you believe in healing. You know, my response is, you mean you don't? Why would you not believe in the great God that, that heals, right? Uh, and, oh, you believe that God speaks to you. Yeah, you don't? You know, oh, you, you're, you're one of those faith people. Yeah, you're not. You know, because that, that's what I'm thinking is, how could you not be? You're literally called a believer, right? Uh, and yet, even in the church, they will try to 
hinder you from speaking boldly by shaming you, by shunning you, by, by uh, not inviting you to all the good places to go, right? Or not inviting you to speak at their particular meetings. Uh, and um, uh, nothing's changed, right? Same, same spirit of Antichrist that's been around since uh, uh, forever is still operating in there today. Uh, but see, if our, if our desire is, Lord, uh, look at what they're doing. We're not concerned about it. Well, we just wanted to let you know that in case you didn't know what they're doing over here, here's what we're asking you to do. To stretch forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders will be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Uh, and if you go on past this, then it starts talking about how great signs and wonders were being done by the apostles and other people, uh, including uh, Philip. Remember, Philip was a deacon, and, and uh, even Stephen was uh, used mightily, mightily in the Lord. Um, those miracles past Acts chapter 4 were a direct result of their prayer here at the end of Acts chapter 4. Uh, and so they did that as a whole, as the whole church. So this wasn't just their individual prayer life, and it's fine, and we should have an individual prayer life, but this was where they came together united to pray for the Lord to move. Uh, and the Lord answered their prayer. And, and because of that, uh, stretch forth on hand to heal. Some spectacular healings were done because uh, the church gathered together in, in a united fashion and prayed. Uh, and so uh, let's turn over to, uh, to James chapter 5. So, you know, there's really there's going to be things because the Lord set it up this way, there's going to be things in our lives that we will be unable to accomplish and unable to receive unless we're in the midst of, of the body of believers. Uh, there are just some things that we will never be able to receive if we are, if we are independent Christian. Uh, and, you know, some Christians just, you know, they think they stand alone, that, that, uh, uh, that they're the only ones that are right. They fall into the same trap as our friend um, uh, Elijah did, right? That he's the only one serving God. Uh, and so... Here in um, verse uh, uh, James chapter five, verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, and of course, that's in verse 16. But he said up in verse 14, if is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So um, uh, the, the, the Christians that are not well can be and should be surrounded with other believers, uh, you know, especially if they're if they're young in the Lord or or if they are inexperienced in obtaining healing by faith, then they should surround themselves with other believers um, that are are believing for them for them to be healed. A lot of times we surround ourselves with, uh, "What's wrong with you? Oh, mine's twice as bad as yours is." Right? That would not be the right people to surround yourself with. You want to be surrounded with united uh, believers that are united for. Uh, divine healing, right? Uh, and so we don't want to surround ourselves with those that are not believing God for, for miracles. Uh, and so let's turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll look at a few verses here. He said um, at the end of chapter 12 and verse 31, it says, but covet or desire earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, that word, the word gifts there is the word charisma, which we get the charismatic. You know, we say we're charismatics. Well, that comes from the Greek word charisma. And it specifically talks about 
the nine spiritual gifts mentioned in that first part of chapter 7, uh, from uh, of chapter 12, from verse 7 to verse 11 there. Uh, and so it says, covet earnestly the supernatural miracle working gifts of the Lord is what it's talking about. Amen. So if it says to covet earnestly or desire earnestly these things, what should we do? We should desire these things, right? So what if you're around people who don't desire these things? Well, I think it's wrong to desire supernatural things. Is that the kind of person you should be around? I don't mean that you just cut them out of your life, but when it comes to your spiritual life, you don't want them influencing your spiritual life in a negative way. Uh, And so um, we're in chapter uh, 12 there. In chapter 14 and verse 1, it says, Follow after charity or love. That word charity there is agape. Uh, for love uh, so follow after love that's always the number one thing right more than spiritual gifts more than than uh, healing more than anything else we follow after love and desire spiritual gifts uh, and really the word gifts there is italicized so things related to and of the spirit but rather that you may prophesy well prophecy is one of the nine uh, spiritual gifts that we talked about earlier uh, and so what should we do desire these things amen so if you're around people who don't desire these things or think that these things are wrong. And, and you know, I mean, uh, you, you all know uh, that there are people who, uh, in fact, one person said that somebody that I know had a spiritual dream and said the reason why the church is not doing right is because we're uh, desiring spiritual gifts. And they said, you should, they said, Jesus told them that your problem is you're desiring spiritual gifts, so you shouldn't be desiring spiritual gifts, but instead desire Jesus. Well, that sounds kind of spiritual. I mean, it sounds pseudo, you know, pseudo like a prophecy kind of thing, except the problem is it violates the word of God, right? Because what does the word of God tell us to do? Desire spiritual gifts. So if I have a prophecy, a, a, a spiritual vision, and Jesus appears to me and says, your problem is you're desiring spiritual gifts and you're wrong, I would have to tell the Lord Jesus, I'm not wrong, you're wrong. You told me to desire spiritual gifts, so I can't violate your word. So, I mean, I don't care who shows up in a vision or whatever. If they violate the word of God, I'm not paying any attention to it. But because it's spiritual, it sounds spiritual. Uh, I mean, you know, if if you didn't know the word of God, would that sound kind of spiritual that Jesus appeared to? Said, hey, your problem is you're desiring spiritual gifts. Well, who's got the most interest in the church not desiring spiritual gifts? Well, is it God? No, because if we desire spiritual gifts, what will we expect to see? Desire, we would see spiritual gifts, right? Supernatural manifestations in the church. If we don't desire them because now we're in violation of the word of God, will we still get them? Well, no, because he says, you know, it says to do it. So the implication is if you don't desire them, then you're not, you're not going to get them. So the devil would have the most interest and desire of the church not desiring spiritual gifts. And a lot of people just, you know, their Bible goes from 1 Corinthians 11 to 1 Corinthians 15, right? 12 and 13, well, they'll allow 13 in there for the most part. Uh, so to go 11, skip 12, 13, skip 14, go to 15. Because, you know, 12 and 14, they, they talk about all this weird stuff there. So we don't want to talk about that. So we'll ignore those things. Uh, but we don't, want to, we don't want to ignore them because the, the Lord told us to do, desire these things, right? We ought to, number one, desire love. Number two, desire the spiritual gifts and move of, move of God. Um, in uh, same chapter, uh, verse 12 he said, even so ye, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. So why are we desiring spiritual gifts? So that the church may excel in increase in being edified or being strengthened. Amen. Do we desire spiritual gifts to obtain attention, to, uh, to get glory from people? 
No, we desire spiritual gifts because it helps the church. Amen. Uh, and so, again, the, the point of, of this particular question is um, we should be doing that as a body. But if you're surrounded by people who don't uh, believe in that, then, then you, there's no united prayer to see the move of God. So there's no united prayer to see uh, in, specifically in this class to, to see healing. Right. Um, and so uh, another translation says, so also you, uh, verse 12, since you are searching for the gifts of the spirit for the edification of the assembly, uh, you seek to excel. And then um, in verse uh, 39, same chapter, uh, he said, wherefore, brethren, covet or desire strongly to prophesy. So that's one of the spiritual gifts uh, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Um, so should we forbid speaking with other tongues? Well, I know, but how many churches would you get just tased if you if you start speaking to time? I mean, they'd tase you and bury you in the backyard right next to, you know, uh, Sister Doodad has been there since the 1800s. Uh, and so, uh, but what does the word of God tell us to do? Covet, right? Desire to prophesy uh, and forget, forbid not to speak with tongues. Uh, and so, you know, I even had one person, uh, this had been a long time ago, but uh, we were just kind of having a united time of prayer where there was just, you know, in, in good worship. And so somebody was kind of uh, praying with other tongues and someone came up to me and started fussing at me about, you know, they're wrong. They're speaking with other tongues, you know, and they ought not be doing that. I'm thinking, have you ever read the Bible? I mean, uh, you, do you know who you're talking to? You know, you're talking to the pastor, right? We teach this stuff all the time. Uh, but they were, uh, and first of all, was that person bothering them at all personally? No. So was it even in the business what they were doing? Why, no. Uh, and uh, I mean, my, you know, I got really riled. I had to, I had to just check my own self because, uh, you know, my desire was you just blast them out of the water, you know, and call them, you know, whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones, which, you know, was probably appropriate in that moment. But, you know, sometimes you constrain yourself because you try to be nice, you know, uh, like Jesus was perfectly nice all the time. I'd right? never said anything like that. Uh, and so, uh, but, but they were, they were trying to keep somebody from speaking with other tongues. I said, were they, were they bothering you? They, did they come up and grab you and speak in tongues in your face or something? I mean, no, just, you know, speaking with other tongues, it's wrong. It's only, it's only to be used in private. Like you've never read the Bible, have you? Like, you know, I mean, and sometimes you wonder about, you know, uh, some of the, the funniest times were when I was in, uh, I would do jail ministry and, and you'd be amazed at how many Bible scholars are in jail. And they would argue with you about stuff and just, you know, it's like, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're in jail. So let's just start with that. So if you're in jail, just be quiet and listen, because obviously whatever you're doing is not working well. If you're in jail, well, I'm all, you know, and they were all innocent, of course. Like, I thought I had a video about you doing that. Uh, and so, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of Bible scholars that went to jail, went to jail too. Uh, and so, uh, covet the prophesy. Well, your problem is that you're desiring to prophesy. So therefore, you should stop doing that. Does that sound like something the Lord Jesus would ever say? Well, no. Uh, but does it sound like something a man would say if they have an agenda? Right. See, they want to sometimes. Uh, here, here's the root cause of a, of, a, of, a, of a lot of times when people say that is, you know, they're trying to stand out in the crowd. So they're trying to, to come into the charismatic. Church. See, if you go to the go to the denominational church and preach that, they'd be like, well, yeah, why are you saying that? But if you come into the charismatic church and say, well, your problem is you're desiring spiritual gifts, so you should stop doing that. See, that person's going to stand out. And so they're trying to get attention by being different, by saying, 
you know, all the, the Pentecostal doctrine that you're believing in is just wrong, you know, and, then, and some other folks were telling me how, you know, uh, they had the same Holy Ghost in the Old Testament as that we got in the New Testament, no, no different at all, same exact Holy Ghost, you know, same way, and it's like, have you ever read the Bible? You know, so number one, you want us to throw away a hundred years of Pentecostal doctrine that's been founded upon, uh, and people of great scholarly uh, intent have researched the scriptures and, and, and have explained how all these things fit together from beginning to end, and, and I'm perfectly fine with that because I've searched them, you know, gone through what they've said, think, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense, and so it all makes sense, right? The plan of redemption all the way through from Genesis to the book of Revelation shows the path and plan of God to move and to get the Spirit of God into the hearts of men. Uh, that's been his desire, and he accomplished it finally after the cross, not before the cross. And they were saying, no, it was always the same before that too. Uh, and, and see, again, the goal wasn't to, uh, to teach the word. The goal was to get attention, to say all what you've believed for the last 100 years is completely wrong. And, we've, and, and they pulled out one verse. There's literally one verse that used one word of the verse that was translated in English in a certain way that if you looked up the Greek, it could have been translated a thousand ways. One way would have fit with the same last hundred years along with all the other verses, but the way it was translated in English in that verse, they could use that to build an entire doctrine from, from one verse, a portion of one verse, and say everything you've believed is wrong. Uh, and um, listen, I'm always up for, for uh, getting more revelation. You know, that's fine. But when it violates the general principles of the word of God, like desiring to prophesy, when the word of God is very clear, right? When Ezekiel is clear that he desired to have the spirit of God become, get into the hearts of men, but he couldn't do it yet. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, I tried to have a short conversation with this person one time. Well, you know, this verse over here says this, which is probably, no, it doesn't mean that at all. And they went through this big, long, I mean, it's like they threw up, um, uh, you know, over the phone about this whole thing. And it's like, I mean, it was just blah, 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 blah. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, they just take what was a simple verse to understand and they turn it into some long dissertation that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, And again, you know, they're doing that uh, for what reason? Uh, Just like what he said there in the earlier in the verse there about um, uh about make sure that that you do it to the edifying of the church right so whatever you're doing making sure that your desire is that the church is edified when your desire becomes i want to be seen and to be different and to throw away all this doctrine not because i believe it's right or wrong but because that way i could be seen as being well you're a real trendsetter and you're you know and i've said around here many times that if you if you you know kind of write down what what we teach here and believe here i mean it's it's 99 percent, probably more than that what Teal Osborne and Les Sumrall and Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland and, uh, you know, uh, Amy Simple McPherson and Smith Wigglesworth. And I mean, people have been teaching this stuff for a hundred years and it stood the test of time. You know, it, it's been looked at from the scriptures many different ways. And, you know, there's some little nuanced things that I've uh, that I've studied over the years that that uh, I think we can learn a little bit more about, you know, maybe like the heart of man. Uh, but as a whole, it's pretty much the same thing they've been teaching for a hundred. Why? Because it, it fits. It, it works with the whole counsel of God. So uh, he, he said to covet, to prophesy, desire to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. And another translation of that verse says, Wherefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with other tongues. Uh, and so again, um, who are we surrounding ourselves with? Are we surrounding ourselves with people like this who are united in believing 
uh, that uh, God wants to move in our midst or are we surrounding ourselves with people that, you know, I don't believe that stuff. That's okay for them over there. But, you know, for me, you know, I'm not really comfortable doing that. You know, that, that sounds nice, but you know what that is? It's the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, we hate to call our good friend, well, you know, you sound like the Antichrist. That would, be, that would probably not get you invited to the Christmas party next year, but, you know, it's not necessary for you to say that, but that's really what it is, right? That, because the word Christ is also the word Messiah, but it's also the word anointed. Uh, it's the same word, just translated different uh, ways depending on, on how it's being used. And so when you say antichrist, it's really the anti-anointing. Well, the anointing is the move of God, right? The manifest power and move of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're against prophesying, you're yield, literally yielding to the spirit of the antichrist. Amen. Now, you're not the antichrist, right? There is a, a, a specific person who will be the antichrist. But there is a spirit, the Bible talks about the spirit of the Antichrist, right? That's in the world today. The Bible says it's in the world right now. So anytime anybody tries to dissuade the church from moving in the supernatural area, what is that? Spirit of the Antichrist, right? It's always the spirit of the Antichrist. And when they tell the church, shut up and just feed the poor and clothe the naked, don't do anything else, what is that? Spirit of the Antichrist, right? Trying to, trying to remove the move of God from the church and make it the Moose Lodge or the JCs or the Rotary Club, you know, and I'm not against any of those clubs, but, you know, anybody can do those clubs, but it takes a supernatural God to start a church, right? Uh, and so, uh, so uh, all of these verses are telling us to desire these things, right? Uh, which would also include healing. So, the, so we need to be united and, and, and have people around us that are believing the same thing, amen? That doesn't mean we can't fellowship with people who don't believe these things, you know, go out to lunch with them, I'm just saying, you know, who are you listening to the most, right? Who influences you the most? The most? If, if you've got a friend that, that is a very strong influence in your life uh, and, you know, they'll, they consistently say, well, you know, uh, that, that Holy Ghost stuff is, is okay, but, you know, what's really more important is to be a person, who, you know, who feeds the poor, right? Uh, you know, the problem with that is if you go to the, the uh, book of Mark and look at in chapter 16 and look at the Great Commission, how many times did he say go into all the world and feed the poor? How many times did he say go into all the world and clothe the naked? How many times did he say go into all the world and dig a ditch or build a building or, or you know, go and, and have a seminar? None. What did he tell you to do? Heal the sick, right? Cast out devils, speak with new tongues, right? Uh, he didn't say raise the dead in Mark 16, but uh, if it's necessary, we can raise the dead, right? So, uh, so always make sure that when people are telling you, well, this is what's very important. It's not important to, to desire spiritual gifts, but the Word of God says we do that. It's more important to desire this over here, but that's not what the Word of God says, you know. So what should we always go with? Always go with the Word. So make sure that, that what's around you, uh, are people that are saying the same things, right? Because that's what you need. You don't need to hear this over here and then, and then over here, you know, saying, yeah, but don't believe that, right? Because uh, if, if that's what you're hearing a lot, then, then what will end up happening is you'll end up being sick like everybody else, right? You'll be just like everybody else. And, and, and um, you know, I, I have no desire to be like the rest of the world. I have no desire to be like the unbelieving church. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing is, the, the, uh, you know, my goal is not to be seen, right? My goal is not to be different and to come up with some wild new doctrine that, that's going to se separate me from everybody else. You know, I'm fine with being right in the middle of the pack. But even, even in that, uh, we're still odd in the church, right, as a whole. The church as a whole thinks people like us are odd. 
that we believe in speaking with tongues, that we believe in praying for the sick, that we believe in supernatural healing and prophesying, and that God speaks to us. You know, a lot of times people will think that you're odd. And so, uh, you know, you, you will uh, be uh, found different in the church just because you believe the word of God. Amen. Uh, and so uh, let's, uh, uh, the next one, let's turn to Mark chapter 6. And it's kind of related, right? It's kind of the opposite of, uh, of the first one of being in united prayer. United prayer belief, right, is what we want. Uh, and then he shows the distinction here of uh, Mark chapter 6. He says in verse 1, uh, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this that which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and, jo- and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended or repelled at him. Can you imagine? He's healing the sick and raising the dead. Yeah, that, that just makes that just annoys me. You know, I'm embarrassed for you. You were praying for the sick. What's wrong with you? you know, that, that makes me sick, right? They were repelled at him. Uh, and, um, you know, it's amazing how dumb people can be. Uh, and he said in verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. And he could there. So what's that verse? The first three words. He what? Could there do no mighty works? Does it say he would not do mighty works? It says he could not. So that means that that man, how powerful was the spirit of God upon the life of Jesus? I mean, raise the dead, move a mountain, right? Move the earth, but had to. Uh, And yet uh, these little people in this little town were able to short circuit the power of God. You think about that. The power of God could do anything. Create the universe. And yet people's unbelief uh, kept it. It was their unbelief that constrained the power of God. So it wasn't God through Jesus uh, punishing them by saying, and he would not do the mighty works. Because if it says he would not, then he's punishing them, right, for their unbelief. Uh, He's deciding that he's going to constrain his blessings in their life because of their actions. Uh, And a lot of people read it that way, right? Well, he, he... you know, you're not gonna you're gonna disrespect Jesus. He just won't heal you. Well, that's not what it says. It says he couldn't heal them, right? So it wasn't a decision on his part. It was a decision on their part. Amen. Uh, and so, um, in fact, I've read this verse before to other people who don't really believe in this type of thing, and they couldn't they could they couldn't believe that it said they couldn't, right? They 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 it was so painful for them to read us now read it. I mean, they almost couldn't read that word could. It's like, well, it's got to say would. Uh, no, it says could. He could not, right? It doesn't say he would not. It says he could not. Uh, and, and so it's really hard. And he says he marveled because of their unbelief. Uh, and, and let's look at, uh, uh, well, before we go there, I've got a couple of uh, the translations I want to read there. Uh, sometimes it helps to read other translations of these things. And it says in verse 5, uh, and he could not do any miracle there. Uh, except that he laid his hands on a few who were out of health and cured them. And he wondered at their unbelief, so he went around the adjacent villages teaching. Now the translation says, and he, and he was not able to do there even one work of power, except that he laid his hands on a few sickly ones and healed them. So the sicknesses that they had were minor, right? 
toe ache, you know, they had a tummy ache maybe. Nobody was missing an arm or a leg or nobody was dead, you know. The, uh, they were just minor ailments that they would have been fine anyway without the assistance of Jesus. Uh, and so uh, it's got nothing to do with, with uh, Jesus' desire to not heal him. In fact, uh, now we can turn over to Luke chapter 5. Let's look at the, this situation. Very similar situation here. So it says here in Luke chapter 5, uh, let's, uh, let's see, um, yeah, verse 17, it says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So Pharisees and doctors of the law. Uh, you know, I've preached a few Pharisees and doctors of law over the years, and it's really tough hoeing. I mean, it's just like, you ever tried to, to till a ground that's all hard and, and baked in and, and rooted up? And I mean, it's nearly impossible, right? It's not even worth the effort. Just go find another piece of land, right? I mean, it's just, uh, and it's tough hoeing. I mean, it is so tough. And you can sense, you know, uh, and I don't know if this makes sense to you or not, but, you know, as a minister, I can sense when there's resistance to the word, right? I'm preaching and all of a sudden, you know, Brakes are put on, and, and, and um, I mean, there's no, there isn't, you can't get there, you know. Um, and, and, you know, like the dog this morning, right? You know, I mean, that's no big deal. But if everybody started paying attention to the dogs and cars going by and not paying any attention to the word, I mean, the Spirit of God, lots of times, he'll just, he'll just leave, right? He'll just leave. And, and there's, uh, you know, and sometimes I think, well, I should just go with him, right? Because if he left, I should leave too, right? But, uh, uh, in, uh, around here, it's good. It's easy to preach to, right? And and, and you all should be commended because uh, all the ministers that come, they say it, it's easy to preach at your church, uh, and it's easy to preach here because you hear the word a lot and you all respect the word, right? Uh, but I have been in, in in situations preaching where there was a strong resistance to the word. Now I'm just reading the word, you know. I say, well, here's what the word says, and they're like, well, I don't believe that. That's not my problem, you know. It's just what the word says, right? But the, sometimes they don't like it, and they'll shut you down. And, you know, and you're you're almost on your own right now. The spirit of God is there with you, but he is not uh, get able to give any revelation to anybody because of their hearts. Right. And so here Jesus is these Pharisees and doctors of the law. Right. These smart people, the smartest of the smart people. Right. Uh, and why were they why were they there? They were trying to find something that Jesus was doing wrong. Right. They're trying to they were there to, to judge Jesus to determine if he was really the Messiah or not. Uh, instead of just watching what he's doing, they're, they're just like, well, you know, we don't like, you know, we don't like your hair. We don't like your clothes. We don't like, you know, but, but what was there? The power of the Lord was present to heal him. Now, in Mark chapter 6, the power of the Lord was present to heal him there, too, because where was the power of the Lord? It was in the, the life of Jesus, right? The Bible says that he had the spirit without measure. So everywhere Jesus went, the power of the Lord was there to heal anybody in that midst. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, but how many Pharisees and doctors of the law were recorded being healed in this story? Exactly zero, right? Exactly zero. Uh, and so, um, you know, so sometimes people say, well, you know, they just ain't got it. Well, that may be true, but it could be just as well as look in the mirror, right? I mean, it, you know, it could be that you put the brakes on, right? And uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, when they want to get the, the laying on of hands, right? They don't want to hear the word. And, you know, some ministers over the years, uh, if you go to their healing meetings, they will require that you get your card punched like five times before you can get into the line. 
because they want you to hear the word before you get prayed for. And a lot of times, well, that's, you know, I ain't doing that. Well, you know, then, then stay sick, right? I mean, that's the alternative. Get it on your own, I guess. Don't follow the rules. If that's the rules, that's the rules, right? Now, if they made you, well, you got to pay 10 bucks before you get it. Well, okay, that's wrong. You know, you can't sell the anointing, but nothing wrong with requiring that you hear the word prior to do that. Uh, and so, but the, the point of that is, is that there could be a community of unbelief, right? There could be belief all around you, but, you know, there is, there, there is an opportunity here. It says in verse 18, And behold, men brought in a bed of a man which was taken with a palsy, and, there, and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling which, with his couch and into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, uh, thy sins are forgiven thee. But what's it say at the beginning of verse 20? And when he what? Saw their faith. So that must have been a bright spot for Jesus to see. You know, he's t- teaching all these uh, Pharisees, doctors of law. I mean, it must have been just so like, oh. I mean, just as a minister, he must have been just like, just, just the worst, right? Preaching a bunch of people who thought they were so smart and so sophisticated and so intelligent. And yet, of course, he was still doing it because he's merciful and kind God, right? So he doesn't just cut people off. But, I mean, finally he saw a, a glimmer of hope. Somebody, somebody had faith, right? He saw their faith. And that lets you know that your faith can be seen. Your faith is visible. Your faith has the ability to be perceived by others. Amen? Uh, and Jesus was able to perceive that. So, uh, you know, there are times when, uh, you know, beyond your control, you find yourself in the midst of unbelief. You know, that's different than you're fellowshipping with a bunch of people of unbelief, right? That's, that's your community. But there are times when you, when you come in in a, in a situation and there's unbelief. Uh, you can still get your prayers answered, amen? It, you know, but these, this man showed up and he, immediately Jesus saw him, son, your sins are forgiven. So it sounds like in this case, whatever the sickness was, was due to sin, amen? And then later on he heals him. Uh, and, and let's look at one more example of that. So who you surround yourself with is really important, I think. Um, and so here in Mark chapter 5, let's turn over to Mark chapter 5. It says in verse 25, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and, not, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. You ever know anybody that spends all they had to try to get well? Uh, you ever you ever know people that, that will believe every single Facebook post about you know uh, this uh, 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 cod liver oil whatever it is? Uh, didn't you did you all had cod, cod liver oil growing up right? What in the castor oil right? What in the world right? I mean, <laughs> it cures everything right? If it cured everything, how come they still ain't doing it? Because it never did nothing. It's snake oil right? It's literally snake oil, uh, and yet uh, the people believe it. Oh yeah, I mean. Got to have cod liver oil, castor oil. You know, what is castor oil? And the same, same stuff you put in your bike chain, right? And that's same. I mean, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I never had any of it. But, but you know, that just sounds like people, I mean, has anything changed? No, I mean, if, if I got up and said, you know, the eye of newt will cure everything, I mean, I'd, I'd have the ministry of the eye of newt, right? And, and uh, I don't even know what that is, but, you know, if, if I claimed it, you know, and I had testimonies. I have been suffering with this pain for 37 years, and I took one sip of I have new, and I am 100% better. Uh, and and, uh, and order yours today. Free sample. Free sa- pay shipping only. Free sample. And, and I have new. Cure everything. 
from back hair to everything. I mean, whatever you got, I mean, you know, uh, you, you, if, uh, if uh, uh, you got wrinkles in your clothes, it'll fix everything, right? Spent all that she had and was nothing better. <laughs> was anybody better by drinking castor oil? No, nobody was better from that, right? Uh, and so, and I don't even know what it is, right? I'm sure, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's not exactly going out to millions of people, but I'm sure some. Well, I tell you for a fact, it helped me all my life, you know. And well, okay, fine, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I just know what the word says, amen. And so, you don't believe anything I say about the natural things. Just believe what I say about the word, amen. Uh, and so, uh, but she grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment, for she said, "If I may but touch his." clothes I shall be whole and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power I don't know why they, they translate that particular word virtue uh, that sounds like a, a quality of his character that's it's the word dunamis right it's almost always translated as power but I don't know why they said virtue but uh, of course brother Hagen had a genetic flaw he could not say the word virtue he always called it uh, virtue uh, virtue Virtue, virtue. Yeah, knowing him, the virtue went out. It, it's actually Brother Hagen is virtue, uh, but uh, I'm not going to fuss at you because you got that wrong. But, um, but knowing in himself that virtue or power, supernatural miracle work and power had gone out in him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and see, sayest thou, Who touched me? So what's the point of that story? The point is that uh, was the power of Jesus there with him? Sir, everywhere he went, he was a carrier of the power. Everywhere you go, you are a carrier of the power of God. But you can have a thousand people around you and nobody be believing God. And that power will be just as, it'll have the same effect as if it wasn't there at all. But one person come up and say, I believe God. And that will pull that power out of you to affect the healing and the cure. Now, that power is the Spirit of God. It's not you. You, know, you don't have an inherent power in you. But the, the Spirit of God in you is there to assist people around you. That's part of the purpose of the anointing of God. The power of God that's in you is there to assist those around you. Uh, and if somebody comes up to you with faith, they can get what, they're, what they have need of. Amen? Uh, and so all everybody else, nobody believes in God. Not a single person believes in God except this one lady, you know, desperate, had spent everything she had. She had her last, you know, last wits, right? Last option is Jesus. You know, the thing is, it could have been her first option. She could have saved all that money, right? And then tithed on it. But, you know, she didn't know what happened. She spent everything. And so, uh, but all these people around Jesus, nobody's believing God. But it's Jesus, right? How are you not believing God? It's Jesus there. You know, people just, there's no difference. It's, it's always the same. People always, no matter how powerful it is, people always will try to turn it into the moose lodge. Amen. It will always Every move of God will always try to become the Moose Lodge. And I'll, again, I'm not against the Moose Lodge, but you know, there's no, there's no uh, raising from the dead in the Moose Lodge. Amen? You look at every, you know, every major move of God, um, uh, you know, uh, it nearly killed the Pentecostal church, right? When the move of God started and spectacular miracles and signs and wonders, and then, then they got respectable. And then, then almost choked the life of God out of it. Started measuring skirt lengths and length of hair and how much deodorant you wore and how many pounds of jewelry you owned and a bunch of uh, useless stuff and nearly killed the power of God uh, in the church. And you see that with the YMCA. You see that with the Methodist church. You see that with different moves. You see that with uh, um, 
the Salvation Army, right? I mean, Salvation Army were people preached on a street corner. Uh, Jesus, you need Jesus. And got people born again. And now they shake little bells and collect coins at Walmart, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not mad at nobody, but every move of God left to the devices of men will always become the moose lodge, right? Uh, and uh, we should make that like a spiritual law because it really, I mean, if you look at the history of these things, so you have to, you have to be careful and guard it with jealousy to make sure that it doesn't become the moose lodge and be, uh, in this case, uh, it really didn't have anything to do with Jesus. It had everything to do with her faith. Her faith, without, without Jesus making a decision, pulled the power of God out of Jesus. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, it, it doesn't matter if, if, you, if you need something, but you're, you're surrounded by unbelief, your faith can still overcome. Amen? Just don't intentionally surround yourself with a bunch of unbelief as part of your community is, is the whole point between uh, these two discussions here, right? Uh, so just be careful uh, about uh, about who who is your um, uh, who who is your community, and let's let's turn over to um, um, to what we're in chapter five of Mark. Turn over to chapter nine of Mark, right? Um, and so, so just because somebody uh, is uh, uh, not healed, right? So were there sick people in uh, Nazareth there? Where Jesus was at, uh, there were right, uh, and so uh, were they not healed because of the will of God? No. Why were they not healed in Nazareth? Because of their own unbelief, right? And so, who was at fault then? It, it was they. They were at fault, right? Uh, and so, um, uh, just. Just be careful about uh, uh, saying, well, if they didn't get healed, then God must have not wanted them to get healed. Amen. Because that's always a non-starter. That's always not true. Uh, the rest of it, we don't know. It could be because of their unbelief. It could be, could be because of their community of unbelief, right? Uh, that, uh, you know, a lot of times, if there was somebody in Nazareth that sort of believed Jesus, but everybody's like, oh, he's just, you know, he's just full of himself. You know, if someone doesn't have a real strong backbone, they'd be like, well, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not going to really say that, but I can't come out and say, well, no, he's not. He's the son of the living. Uh, he's the son of the living God. You know, a lot of times other people's unbelief will suppress your belief if you're not a real strong character. Right? If you're not got a real strong uh, institution, a lot of times your belief will be uh, oppressed by other people's unbelief. And that's why the, who your community is is important, amen? Uh, there's a lot of Christians who believe God for supernatural things, but, but they moved their community to become a community of unbelief. And now they're nowhere spiritually, right? Because, you know, it's not so much that they have unbelief, but everybody around them has got unbelief. And so, but what you don't do is you don't say, well, then it must have not been God's will to not heal him. That, that's never true. It's always true that God wants to heal him. Because remember what we read in Luke chapter 5? The power of the Lord was present to what? Heal them, even though how many got healed? Up to that time, zero, right? It was still there. Nobody got healed. So that shows us the will of God. And so here, um, the, uh, the man, this is the man with the epileptic son. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, he said, um, Jesus was talking with him. And Jesus asked him in verse 21, how long ago has it since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. 
And his father continues, and oftentimes it cast him down, and it cast him down into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, you remember this man said, help thou my unbelief in verse 24. What's, what's the man doing here in verse 22? He's hedging his bet. He's saying, well, if, if the, my child doesn't get healed, it's because you didn't want to do anything about it. So what was he doing? He was projecting his unbelief onto Jesus to, to accuse Jesus of, of not wanting to heal him, even though the real issue was his own faith, right? And so a lot of times people will do the same thing for you. They'll, they'll be in unbelief. They don't believe in power of God. Well, if you, you know, just like one person when we had our, our banner up there for a while, uh, he said, well, you know, you, you ought to go to the hospital and just um, get, pray for everybody to get out of the hospital bed. Well, that's fine. The Lord's never told me to do that. So they can come here if they want to, right? I mean, if they come here, we'll pray for them, right? But as far as going to them, you know, oftentimes Jesus would go, to remember the, when, he, when he went to the pool of Bethesda? It said there were many, many people there, great number of people there. How many got healed? One. God sent Jesus, one person, to the pool of Bethesda. How many people uh, got healed that day? One. Now, the, now that's the, to me, that's the saddest story ever because, I mean, you know, if your buddy got healed, it seemed like you'd say, hey, Jesus, can I get on that? Uh, is that available to anybody else? Instead of going, wow, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, you know, be greedy sometimes. It's okay. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, th- that person has unbelief in healing, but they're projecting it on us because, you know, they said, well, then you'd go clean out the hospitals. I would. The Lord told me to go do it, but I can't go and just violate somebody's will. You know, uh, um, many of the healings, uh, in fact, the, va- the vast majority of healings were when people came to Jesus. It was pretty rare, although he did, but it was pretty rare when he went and found somebody to go get healed. He did that for the, the man at the pool of Bethesda. But that's a rarity. The vast majority, when they came to Jesus, they all got healed, right? Uh, and so, but what happens a lot of times is people will project their unbelief on you. Well, if, you, if, if it's God's will to heal me, then, then, then he'll heal me. Well, what's the issue? Well, they don't believe God for healing anyway, right? But, since, but they don't want to admit, well, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in healing. I have no faith for healing at all. That's, that, that's not true at all. It's, it's just if God doesn't want me to be healed, then it's on him. Well, you know, we should be learning from, right? We, he wrote, why did he write these stories? So we could learn from them, right? We're supposed to learn. So this, this man, his, his actions uh, were not correct, right? Uh, in fact, um, uh, Jared, do you have the Message Bible there on the, on the thing? Can you pull up um, Mark 9, 23 in the Message Bible? I don't know if you have it on yours. Uh, I know you got it on yours too, Chris. If you, if, uh, uh, I don't know if I have, uh, let me know if you got it or not, Jared. And so, uh, in verse, uh, uh, yeah, we'll just read it here. So, verse 23, and the King James says, um, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Uh, the, the Message Bible says, uh, If, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. That's really the tone that Jesus was responding to the man. What do you mean, if? Uh, there's no if with believers. Right, and that's what he said. There's no ifs among believers. Uh, the the uh, uh, complete Jewish Bible says, "What do you mean if you can? Everything is possible to someone who has trust." Uh, and so, it's uh, here you go. Um, so you know the King James. It doesn't really quite bring out the same tone that Jesus was trying to get a point across of. What do you mean if? Uh, and that's really you know 
Well, you know, if, if, if uh, God still heals, then go clean out the, uh, the hospitals. Instead of focusing on the, they're talking about you going to hospitals, you should focus on, well, why'd you say it? You know, let's, let's, let's start with that. Everything, because uh, there are no ifs among believers. All things are possible to him who believes. And that's what Jesus said. That's the way Jesus responded to the man, right? So what was the man trying to do? He was in unbelief. He didn't believe in healing, but he didn't admit that he wanted to believe in healing. So he put his unbelief upon Jesus so that if it didn't happen, it was Jesus and not me. Well, that was 2,000 years ago. You think people are still doing that today? Not getting healed, and so it's your fault. In fact, I know somebody who actually died. They died of sickness and disease, and they said, and they knew they were going to die. They said, if, if I die, they said, it's on you. And they were telling us to somebody else that I know. They said, it's on you because you didn't, you didn't believe God for me. And it's like, you know, number one, that's pathetic that you would say that, right? And number two, it's not true at all. Because whether they could believe God for you or not is irrelevant. You can always believe God for you. Amen. You're not required to have to have somebody else in your life to believe God for you. You can do that all on your own. Amen. Uh, and so uh, there are no ifs among believers. What's with the if? <laughs> and so, uh, uh, and the, the, uh, the other translation, what do you mean if you can? <clears throat> and, and so, uh, you know, Jesus was just, he was just smart because he could tell the man, you know, in this case, I think there was a lot of mercy here because the impression I get is the man was desperate. His son was near death. I mean, he just, he didn't know if he's going to make it through the next epileptic seizure or not. Uh, and, you know, all parents become desperate for the, the salvation of their children, right? They want his, his child uh, to recover. And so, you know, he went on to say uh, his father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And so, I, you know, I, the impression I got, the man was sincere. He was in unbelief, but he was sincere. <clears throat> he knew that Jesus could heal the son, but he didn't have the faith to believe Jesus could do it himself. You know, uh, and so he's kind of desperate. He's stuck. He's he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. <clears throat> Uh, and so I, he's, he said, you know, I got any and, and he had to have some level of faith, right? Because he came, he, he came and found the disciples at, at the time. Jesus was at, at the, uh, up on the Mount of Transfiguration prior to the story. So he was unavailable. He was busy being transferred and tra- transfigured and talking to Moses and Elijah. Uh, so all the man had was the disciples, which should have been fine because they'd already been sent out to, to go uh, to um, uh, to go and heal the sick and raise the dead even. Right. Uh, so they'd, they'd already been doing the ministry of, of healing prior to this point in time. So they could have healed this fellow, but uh, they were in, in unbelief just like the, the uh, man was. Uh, so he's, the man's kind of stuck, desperate, uh, in tears, you know, just really asking for mercy. Uh, and, you know, is God merciful? He is. Jesus granted him mercy because mercy can override unbelief. Uh, and it did in this case. Because he, he was really more uh, in doubt than he was in unbelief. But, um, you know, Jesus could see that one little spark of faith, just enough to know the man desired to have faith. You know, some people, they are unbelief and have no desire to change. Well, they're stuck, right? But some people have unbelief. It's like, you know, I just, it seems like there's something to that, but I just can't, I just can't get there. Um, you know, sometimes there's mercy for them, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, we're always looking for a, a little crack of mercy somewhere, right? Just, just sneak it in somewhere. So it, it is important who you surround yourself with, right? Uh, and it's amazing how many people start out their lives spiritual and, um, you know, following God 
and they wake up one day, he's like, you know, this God stuff, I, you know. And, but they look around and like, unbeliever, 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 Christian, but not really much of a believer, you know, and, and that's who they've surrounded themselves with. And I want to surround myself with people that are, are, are always pushing me, edifying me, right? You, you mean, you could believe God for that. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. I haven't really thought about that. You know, press in, do more, you know, believe, believe greater things. That's the kind of people I want to surround myself with, right? Uh, and so uh, if, if uh, you're having a hard time getting healed, you know, look at what you're watching on TV. Look at what you're lis- listening to in your ears, right? Look at who you, who you surround yourself with uh, on a day-to-day basis. If, if, if all those are against God and his movement and, and uh, against the move of God, then that may be, that may, it may not be, but it could be a reason why you're not obtaining healing because uh, it's always your, your faith tries to move up a hair, but it gets knocked back down to zero every time when you say, you know, maybe there's something that's tough. Oh, you don't want to believe that. You don't, you don't want to be like those crazy people on TV, right? I mean, you know, we, none of them don't be that way, right? Uh, and so, so we'll suppress our faith, won't we? So uh, community of unbelief. I'd be tough right there, right? So we'll pick this up and, and keep on going through uh, these different things there. But uh, I think he's got a lot of good points here, things that he's observed that, that uh, a lot of them make sense to me. And, and, you know, you can go back and, and just look at your own life. Well, then am I, am I following any of these paths that he's talking about? And then decide for yourself if you need to make any changes. So let's pray and ask the Lord uh, for uh, his blessings. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for uh, blessing us with your word. And, Father, we choose to believe your word, that if you said that the power of God is present to heal, Father, then we desire to be healed. And, Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Well, um, just real quick, I just sense we need to pray for folks there. So if you need any healing in your bodies, and I just sense that uh, if, you, if you need any healing, especially in anything related to any organs, you know, a heart or liver or, you know, a spleen, you know, I don't even know what spleen does, but... Uh, if you've got a problem with your spleen. Um, but um, if, you need any, if you need hands laid on you, you know, the Bible says that, that uh, uh, he confirms his word with signs following. And so we've spoken the word, amen, and so we can believe God for healing. And so if you need uh, prayer for healing, if you'll come up, we'll pray for you, amen, uh, and um, believe God for 100% healing because he's a 100% kind of God, amen. Is he a 50% kind of God? He's a 100% kind of God, right? Uh, and so praise God well father we just thank you for the healing power of God father we thank you that you're still in the healing business and father we believe father we're not in unbelief we believe in the power of the most high God so father we thank you that according to your word father by the law of contact and transmission that as we lay hands on a sick father the power of God that's in us we transfer it into these bodies, Father, to effect a healing and a cure. We thank you, Father, for 100% complete and total healing, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for divine health and healing, Father, in every aspect of this physical body, from the top of her head, Father, to the soles of her feet. Strong and healthy, Father. 100%, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Father, we thank you that the power of God is present to heal. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Supernatural, miracle-working power, Father, will affect a healing and a cure in this body, Father. Every whit hope. 100% Father. We declare it to be so in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you for complete and total healing. In the name of Jesus. In this body, Father. We thank you that it's strong and well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Father, we thank you that we as your children have the right and the privilege purchased by you to live in divine health all the days of our lives. Father, we're not subject to the ways of the world. We're not subject to the ways of those who don't believe in healing. Father, we choose to walk in divine health each and every day. Because you declared it to be so. You declared that we have the right to do that. You paid a great price, Father, for us to be able to live in divine health. So, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. Now listen, if, if you're really stuck on uh, castor oil, you know, and you're, believe, and you're taking it with faith, take it by faith, praise God, go on. Amen. I mean, none of my business, I don't care. You do whatever you want to, you know, but uh, um, uh, it's just, uh, I, was, I remember it growing up, but I don't, and I probably took some growing up, I don't know, but I did know we used to, well, come ahead, Mr. Jerry, received the offering. I did know, you know, because uh, the way I grew up, for certain things, it'd give you a shot of whiskey, you know, and uh, that'd cure about anything, right? And uh, it'd be like a little shot of whiskey and some, uh, I'm not telling you to go do that. I'm just saying it's what we did growing up, you know, uh, and a little whiskey and some honey and, um, you know, probably an eye of Newton there somewhere too, right? But, uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> if it did anything, I couldn't tell, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, praise God. I'd much rather believe God. It's a whole lot easier, right? It's just faith. It's always the same. Amen. No secret, uh, no secret water from the mountains of the Himalayas, you know, that, that uh, found to cure everything in the world. It's like, well, it's been around forever. You know, how come nobody else has heard about it, right? Uh, but anyway, praise God. You all have a wonderful weekend, Lord, and uh, be blessed and you're dismissed.